Lighthouse Live is pre-recorded before a live audience. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. So good to have you with us. Those of you listening around the world via the Lighthouse Live podcasting network, great to have you with us. Uh, even, and you know, as we think of those, we have someone in Iraq. Yes, we Serving do. there who's uh, listening to Lighthouse Live, and I want you to know, and those you work with, that we are in prayer for you mm, yes. uh, consistently. And uh, I was just thinking, Elaine, you know, it's been in the hundreds here in the Central Valley of California, <laughs> and compared to... Iraq, why we have nothing to complain That's about, right. do we? That's right. 120 <laughs> degrees, I will take 100. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll take that any day. Well, today, friends, we have a great opportunity to talk to uh, really uh, um, some folks who've, uh, who's God has sent to us. Yes. You know, in, uh, in our world today, in, in the faith-based community, we have a unique opportunity. God is starting to kick open the doors to work with local government. And I know, Elaine, you know, we have that mandate, of course, to pray for kings and all those in authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we have the opportunity. We need, we need to go beyond that Indeed. and not only pray for our government officials, but when the doors are open, to also walk through those doors and begin to partner in order to uh, bless the community and to have a healthier community. So we're going to be talking with some representatives from the city of Ceres in just a few moments. Uh, but before we do, let's check in uh, with this week's update with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of a Jesus freak who was ready for the worst. Pastor Lee knew he was being watched by the Chinese Public Security Bureau. He knew the risk of preaching at the house church, as he did every Tuesday. Pastor Lee had been arrested many times and beaten to the point where he vomited blood. Once he was beaten with his own Bible. He also knew Chinese citizens can be sent to labor camps for up to three years without a trial. So he was ready. He even had a bag packed with a blanket and extra clothing. Still he preached that night without fear. Sure enough, armed officers burst through the doors and arrested him. Lee was ready. Are you How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan. Again, so good to have you uh, with us. And uh, Elaine, you know, we were just listening to that uh, piece from The Voice of the Martyrs. Mm-hmm. Places around the world where we can't gather and do broadcasts like this. Aren't we blessed? Without, you know, without yeah. worried, being worried about being arrested, persecuted, beaten, uh, or, or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, we are so blessed yes. in the United States of America. And I think one of the things that tugs at our hearts is that we have that freedom, we have that blessing, and yet 
many times we don't take advantage and of that blessing that, that God has given they? us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In that vein, let's check in now with our friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute and this update regarding the In God We Trust epic. We'll be right back. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. What President Eisenhower did in 1958 to underscore our religious heritage, Michael Newdow is trying to undo. His second lawsuit to remove under God from the Pledge of Allegiance is headed again to the Ninth Circuit. You see, Pacific Justice Institute has filed an amicus brief urging the court to use common sense this time, preserving the pledge. Newdow lost his first suit at the Supreme Court because of lack of standing for his daughter, and hence he had no standing to sue on her behalf. Well, Pacific Justice Institute is hoping that this court will not eradicate the truth of our nation's religious history and heritage by destroying under God and the Pledge of Allegiance. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. By the way, that's a tremendous uh, website. Mm-hmm. Again, that's www.pacificjustice.org. And if you want to contact Brad and his staff up at the Pacific Justice Institute, the toll-free number is one 9129 That's pretty good after two weeks of vacation. I, I know. How do you number. remember that? I can't even remember my Social Security number or something. But anyway, one 9129 And uh, again, we urge you to pray for and support the Pacific Justice Institute for the wonderful things that they do. And Elaine, we've got some opportunities to serve right here in the Central Valley. We do, and doesn't it feel great to be back in the saddle? It does. It does. You know, I spent Indeed. some time in the, in the Midwest, and you know, a lot of friendly folk there. I know. Really, it's, it's kind of a fun place to visit. Went to the Louisville Slugger <laughs> Museum. How interesting was yeah, that? Yeah, no, that was really cool. When you compare the weight of, you know, Babe Ruth's bat with some of the modern guys. I mean, it was like the guy was swinging a log. Can you imagine? You know, it was an amazing thing, but uh, I think one of the highlights for my son was going to the Corvette Museum. Wow. You know, and I know, I know we're not supposed to get into material things. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know, but I, I do have to confess, as I'm looking at that 2006 model that just rolled off the assembly Very line. Very fast machine. There was a tinge mm-hmm, of envy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the guy who was going to roll that out. <laughs> I mean, those are machines. Yeah, but, Josh will be driving yeah, one day. Yeah, getting there back to go. the real world. I'll no. tell you what, oh, yeah. it is good to be back. And we have opportunities for you, friends, from the Volunteer Center of the United Way, their Linda Hand List. It's the seventh annual Sundown Celebration. And you know, with these hot days that we've had, anytime the sun goes down, Happy a good celebration. Thing, <laughs> but they are having this passport to paradise, they call it. It's formerly the Cattle Barons Ball, and it's scheduled for Saturday, August 26th at the Fruit Yard in Modesto. This new innovative party gala will offer a fabulous evening, evening of dinner and games and entertainment, all to raise money for cancer-related programs mm. in the community, research, patient services, and things like that. Volunteers are needed to assist with setup, uh, decorations, and cleanup, and all those sorts of things. And the next volunteer orientation is scheduled for Monday, August 7th, and that's at the Doubletree in Modesto. Now, if you love to tinker, and I know Al's ears just perked up, then volunteers are needed to do just that. Well, this is, really, folks. It's for the Society for the Handicapped Children and Adults of Stanislaw County, and they need volunteers to clean, do minor repairs, kind of check tires and brakes and replace hand grips and and that type of thing, uh, to the manual wheelchairs and kind of maintain 
obtain uh, other equipment uh, that they need there at the society. So if you're interested in doing that and you have some time on your hands, they would certainly appreciate that. And friends, the United Samaritans Foundation is an agency that we love partnering with. They prepare and deliver meals to the needy within our county Mm. uh, through the United Samaritans Foundation Daily Bread Ministries. They need volunteers to assist with meal preparation, uh, distribute those meals from uh, lunch trucks and with cleanup efforts and all those kinds of things. So that would be a great thing for you to consider doing as well. We don't want to forget the first annual fun run coming up for our friends uh, with Christian Berets. That's happening on uh, Saturday, August 5th. And that's taking place at the Tuolumne River Regional Park in Modesto. And, uh, again, it's a one-mile run, walk. And let's just hope and can pray I walk? whether you can walk or oh, you can okay. probably crawl. I don't know, whatever <laughs> the case may be. And just hope that the weather uh, holds Amen. out for that that's as well. Right. And if you have any questions about these uh, items, friends, you can call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. She'd be happy to get your call at 209-524-1307 extension 113 and we always have lots of opportunities for you here at abc as well and our phones are open to you at 209-544-9571 well as we mentioned mike we love partnerships and uh, what a sweet relationship the lord has uh, allowed us to form with our our special guests this week in fact we have dignitaries here uh, this week with us as we welcome to lighthouse live the mayor of series mr anthony canella thank you for being here and uh, also the chief of police, Art Dork. Thank you, chief, for being here. And our uh, main man, Enrique Perez, thank you for joining us as well. I know you guys are very busy. And if you want to move into your microphones, don't be afraid to talk to us tonight because we're just so glad that you are here. You know, um, our community will probably forever remember that uh, that night in early January 2004 when... Uh, uh, Officer Howie Stevenson was killed, and uh, I know that the the grieving process and the the healing process of that will probably continue for a long time to come. And and Chief, if you wouldn't just mind maybe addressing that and and kind of fill us in on where things stand and maybe how that has affected uh, the community there in the series. Well, the the short version of it is, is that uh, on January 9th, two thousand five, a uh, AWOL Marine who had a gang affiliation who was also extremely high on cocaine Mm -hmm. set himself up in front of a liquor store called the uh, police uh, asking for assistance he he claims that uh, somebody was trying to shoot him our officers uh, came up on the scene and he produced an AK-47 and proceeded to gun down uh, two of the officers killing one and severely uh, injuring another and that has changed our community. It changed our organization. Certainly the uh, family members of those two officers who were affected, uh, you know, they're, they're, still, they're still grieving. They're still trying mm-hmm. to recover from that. And I've been asked many times, uh, you know, how that, has that affected our community and how has it affected uh, me personally and so on. And I have to point out that, it's the worst thing, the, the most difficult challenge I've ever faced in my career. I can tell you this, though, that I live by an edict, which is that I know that God will never give mm. me a challenge that I cannot deal with. Mm. And uh, time and time again, I've had to rely on that. Uh, this time in particular, it uh, it saw me through what has been uh, 
both a, a horrible event and also, in, in some odd way, a good thing. And I, I know it, most people would find it odd that I would say that it's a good thing. It changed our community fundamentally, where there is a lot more care now for each other. For uh, And I'm talking about at the citizen level, uh, how the public views and treats the police and vice versa. And it's put us into a lot of situations where we wind up having dialogues with people who we would never have talked to before because these circumstances brought out new and different people who would never have communicated with the police or with the city council. And here we find ourselves with advancing vibrant communities. And uh, as we, any time you have a serious event, as we did, you it forces you to stop and think about what you're doing, who you are, and where you're going. Mm -hmm. And we started looking at the health of our community and what the social fabric is, and it put us in touch with all kinds of neighborhoods and individuals and families, and we started seeing things that, through a normal police officer's eyes, he wouldn't necessarily see because you're there to respond to a call, deal with it, and you go on to the next one, and God only knows you know, we're dealing eight, with 80, 100, 120 calls per shift with just a handful of officers. Right. But we, something changed. And we brought Enrique on board. Yes. And we found all these needs out there. And we're starting to solve problems at their core where, where people are unable to uh, really take care of their families or themselves or there's senior citizens who need uh, assistance. And out of nowhere, the mayor contacted me and said, hey, I think there's a program you're going to be interested in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chief, I think one of the uh, the neat things that that happened, and and this is you know something that that we're trying to promote in all communities, uh, especially across the nation here, but internationally as as well, and that is partnering with various elements in the community to solve issues. And you were faced with a tremendous one, mm-hmm. and and you were you were faced really with a very divisive issue. I mean, I- immediately there there could have been an us against them. You know, type thing with the police department here, and uh, here you had a shooting, and you had uh, you know some representatives of the gang community here, and you had uh, people who may have been disconnected and not even associated with the police department before over here, and, and the possibility of, of some very bad dynamics, and yet God appears to have given you some wisdom in reaching out and using tools that have been brought into your tool chest to begin to open dialogue. And, you know, sometimes it's just getting to know people and a friendly face. And, Enrique, I know that you played a major part in this in establishing relationships with the community. And maybe uh, uh, if we can talk a little bit about that process of how you started to establish relationships with groups of people that maybe had been disconnected before and how that became so important in the process of healing in the community. Well, that probably is a good question for Enrique to answer, but I I feel compelled to interject this one comment, and that is that it's no accident that we wound up with a mayor who has life's principles, and I'm Mm -hmm. being, uh, is that called politically correct? (laughs) You don't have to Uh, be here. And and I'm fully aware of that, but... uh, It's no accident that we wound up with an alignment of individuals who have the same religious philosophies and who are oriented towards the betterment of the community and 
I, I just don't think we're in it for the job. We're in it for some other. So much more. Yeah, Such and, a it, God and thing. it's and it's so nice to work in that environment. I've been in different situations where the employees and the leadership of the community were there for reasons that I don't think were as honorable. And uh, it's just nice to be able to communicate with uh, the leader of the community who is a man of God and, and I can right. look up to. That's mm. right. Mm. Amen. Well, Enrique, the, the liaison, so to speak, of the community, do you want to address that, uh, that issue? Well, like we said earlier, reaching out to the community, um, I felt it was important to go there and as a civilian employee for the city, and also a resident of the city of Ceres, I went out on a case-by-case situation and, and told people point blank that uh, we need to work together hmm. and uh, kind of bring the the words of our city motto to life, together we achieve, mm-hmm. and that no one person has all the answers. It was important to tell the community what the limitations of the city were and why. And it wasn't that they didn't want to hire more police officers or firefighters, but these are the current situations. And giving people the information firsthand gave them an opportunity to look at it a whole different way. Mm. Uh, People were not used to knowing the actual physical numbers of staffing, uh, bringing the opportunity for the community to meet the mayor, to meet the chief, to meet the city manager, to meet the director of public works. All people that they read or hear about but never get a chance to meet or address questions to. Basically, like the patrol car, the theory about community policing, if you remove the patrol car door, there's no longer an obstacle between the police officer and the member of the community. Just like the front counter at at City Hall. Step in front of the counter, meet the public. Um, Real quick, some of the things I do for the officers. Uh, When they come to me and they think, you know, uh, I don't really think I answer all the questions for these individuals. Uh, would you go back? I take it upon myself to go back in the officers' names. And when I go to the community, I say, I'm here on behalf of officers so-and-so mm-hmm. and so-and-so. They were here last night. You know, they didn't really feel like they completed the, the call. And they were very pleased that we took the time to do mm-hmm. that. And then in turn, I go back and I tell the officers what took place. It's a win-win situation. Because we truly are serving, we truly are reaching out to our community. You know, and, and if you go back, Chief, 30, 40 years, we've had some major paradigm changes in uh, in how we govern, not only within the you know the law enforcement uh, arena, but uh, Mayor uh, Canella really from from the whole gamut, from the the mayor to the uh, you know to the directors of the various. Uh, uh, leadership positions in the city to the you know clerks who are serving the public, not like it was forty fifty years ago. We we've learned that we have to be more relational as government as an entity, and uh, you know Enrique, I think you you just uh, mentioned the importance of that as you were developing mm-hmm. relationships with people. I would imagine that you know in, in order for them to trust the police department. You know, you are often used as a conduit there just to establish a relationship. That's right? exactly oh, right. Yes. I, I do view myself as a conduit. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, am I going to have the answer that you seek? No, but I will do my best to find mm-hmm. the answer for you. 
so mm-hmm. so important and and mayor anthony canell a man with a vision scoot up to your microphone and share with us and thank you so much the honorable anthony canell it's so glad to have you here. I am, i'm happy to be here yeah. uh, i believe in this organization and and uh, i'm happy to be partnering with it as far as the vision um, of the city of series to put it simply, it, it's a city where members of the community can live, work, and shop. And that's a very simple question or simple statement, and it's made up of many different aspects. For example, uh, we need to feel safe. That's police and fire. Uh, we need to be financially sound, so we need to be fiscally responsible with our money. We need to resolve infrastructure issues, sewer, water, and storm, basic necessities of a local government. We need to have transportation issues, issues resolved. Uh, downtown needs to be revitalized. The city has to be have an active recreation program for our youth. And then the schools need to provide quality education. So it's a simple vision, but it's made up of many complicated uh, aspects. And, and we are working with you know the other council members, the new city manager, and you know the rest of the staff to implement that vision. So. You have a dynamic team here, the three of you together, and I know there are many, many more. Just a few times that we've met together and talked about some of the issues and, and concerns in series, you truly do have a wonderful team. It is teamwork. We isn't are it? very fortunate as a city to have people that are part of our organization, like the chief and Enrique, and and really all of our organization. They're very committed individuals. We're a small city about 41,000 people, and we have a staff level of about 178. And the reality is we should have probably 350 Mm. staff members. Mm. And each individual employee takes ownership of their position. It's not um, the stereotypical government employee that says, oh, this is my job. It's very narrowly focused. Everybody takes a very hands-on, active approach to all levels. I think you'd see police officers pulling hose for the firefighters yes. and firefighters yes. directing traffic for the police department and public that, works. That's unusual. Yeah. Is. That is really unusual. I mean, I went through the academy and the sheriff's academy in L.A. County in 1979, and back then, you know, I mean, firefighters had cooties. I mean, you, know, you, you just, right. you just, I mean, we we ran oh by them in the academy, you know, doing slanderous, uh, you know, things. And and uh, but times have changed. I think it's just really cool as as we've observed the dynamics of of, of you folks in series uh, of how there seems to be trust amongst you at, at the director's level. You know, there seems to be uh, just just a, a, a thread of, of vision that's, um, you know, you're all in the same uh, wavelength, it seems like. And I would imagine, uh, Chief and, and the mayor, you know, in, in, in a smaller city like this, the smaller dynamics kind of aid that process, don't they? Whereas in a, in a bigger city sometimes, it's, it's hard to achieve those kind of dynamics. I, I think that's true, but I... I believe there's a culture that exists within the City of Ceres uh, staff group, and that is that we keep reminding ourselves what we're really there for, and it isn't to carve out a niche that make it, makes it most comfortable for what we want to do as individuals, but we know that we have very limited resources in a very large uh, population relative to our resources, and the only way we can do it is if we all work together mm-hmm. and pitch in as a team and then throw off all notions of constraint. There is no acceptable answer other than we'll find a way to do it. Mm, and, the, and the bottom line is, we all know this because, because um, government workers often are uh, ridiculed, and rightfully so, and that is that they'll be the first to assert that they don't have time 
to do whatever task it is, and then you see them on the phone or taking extended breaks or the old thing of uh, six guys standing around a... Uh, on a street <clears throat> watching one individual shovel a, you know digging a hole and it's a joking thing but it's it's true and uh, we just know that we can't we just can't perform that way yeah, absolutely so, uh, and that's one of the reasons i've chosen not to go to a larger organization i don't want to get into that and um i just see a lot of appreciation coming out of the community itself well, you're, I think you're you're blessed with with many of those signs. And by the way, to be fair to firefighters, I was in the fire service as yes, well. Yes, you were. And my uniforms, you know, sometimes fight with each other in the closet. But, uh, we we appreciate all of you. Does and one it's, have uh, cooties and it's the other? A, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of it, but uh, I'm actually the my title is chief of police slash public safety director which right. means that i run the fire department as the fire chief as well and that's so cool because you guys are right there next door to each other a brand new fire department right. beautiful place like I, I know this because i live in series i get lost in series <laughs> and that's a whole nother program <laughs> that's a whole nother story <laughs> we won't go there but you know talking about the community working together within uh, the government agency mayor what do you see um for the community, and how can the community, the citizens, and, and, and most importantly, we want to focus on the church. How can people in the church come together to help with the vision that you see for series? Well, I think you know the, the council has outlined a, a, a vision and goals for this year, and we will achieve that through government uh, workers and 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 through the, the staff of the employees. But in order to really achieve a great city, a great city, in my opinion, is made up of great neighborhoods, and great neighborhoods are made up of, of neighbors, neighbors going outside and talking to each other, helping each other out, watching out for each other. And there's there's not much of that anymore. Everybody, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, you're busy, you work all day, you come home, you pull your car in, you shut your garage door, and you just want to tune out the rest of the world. And you really, in order to, to be a great city, you can't do that, and especially in the church. We in the church, uh, I think that we want to do good things in our communities, but we're so busy at our church and, you know, volunteering with the kids or teaching Sunday school that we feel that we have, you know, we have done what we need to do. And I would say that, that we haven't. I think we need to go and, and reach out to all of our neighbors, and we need to help our communities, serve our communities. We cannot, government cannot solve the problems of man. That's a fact. Yes, it, it, it cannot happen. There aren't enough resources, and I quite frankly don't want government solving my problems. I want government to do what government does and stay out of the other arenas. And so I think the churches need to be, you know, not only the churches, quite frankly, I think everybody in the community needs mm -hmm. to step out right. and get more involved, be more active. Right. In our council meetings, we have council meetings uh, twice a month. We have three people that show up uh, to any one council meeting, unless it's a specific issue. And I'm not saying everybody should run City Hall and be involved in, in every item, but people need to be involved in the affairs of government. I think government has got a black eye because certain people put themselves on a pedestal and they think that because they're in elected office they can do whatever they want. And the only way you can resolve that is by holding your lo local officials accountable, mm. knowing what they're doing. How did they vote? You know, where are, where are their uh, opinions and, and, and how are they implementing their vision? And if they're not doing anything, quite frankly, in my State of the City address, I went through, you know, a lot of information. At the end, I said... 
too many times politicians talk about their grand ideas, but they don't do anything after that. They do nothing. Mm. They simply tell the public what they want to hear, and then they go back and do nothing. And I ask the citizens to hold us accountable. These are the goals and objectives we've lined out. Hold us accountable. So citizens need to be involved in government, and they need to be involved in their communities. And I think advancing vibrant communities is a perfect way to get involved. And that's why I'm excited about this partnership. Well, and I think uh, one of the things that we um, have to admit to as the church uh, over a period of decades, we've really checked out of the system. You know, and, I, and I'm talk, I'm doing a broad brush here now because certainly there are individual churches who are hitting home runs. But if you look at the American church, the Western church, by and large, we've really abdicated the role of caring for the needs of people to government. And we've put a burden on government that God didn't, didn't intend for government to take. You know, and so many times so we, we've reaped what we've sown. Because uh, on the faith-based side, we didn't do it the way God told us to do it. And I think what we're seeing now is uh, uh, some spot fires, so to speak, around the nation of, of movements like we have here that are saying, you know what, we need to get back in to the system. I mean, we, we need to start partnering with government. We need to start partnering with the, uh, the secular nonprofit even. You know, I mean, it, 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 we have a calling to be involved in the community. And I think that's what we're seeing here. And, and one of the great pleasures of having you gentlemen with us today is that we've opened the door now and, and are establishing a relationship with Ceres. And one of the first things we're going to be doing is uh, looking at wiping out some ugly graffiti, yes. right, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. And, you know, you just you, you can't obviously eat the elephant all in one bite, but you can start chipping away at some of these problems and letting people get involved, you know, slowly but surely, and that momentum will build. And uh, I guess our encouragement to all of you who are listening on the faith-based side is, you know, we need to take the extra effort mm-hmm. to step out sacrificially and offer our services to local government and be willing to partner with them to solve some of the greater needs of the community. And begin right in your own neighborhood. Wouldn't you agree with that, Enrique? I agree. Uh, August 1st uh, is a Tuesday, and that would be a great opportunity for everyone who lives in our area to come and join us between 6 and 8 p.m. at Don Pedro Park. An opportunity to meet some of our government leaders, some of the other neighbors in the community. It's National Night Out. It's our uh, night out against crime. Awesome. Uh, So it's a great opportunity for everybody to meet. Bring a treat if you'd like to share it or just come and uh, meet everybody there. Yeah, that is a great evening. Lots of good dynamics happen. Exactly. Awesome. That dynamic. Oh, great. yes, we just encourage you to turn out for that. And I'll tell you what, as the body of Christ, we are called to be salt and light. Would you agree with that, Mayor? Absolutely. To be salt and be light, that's the cry of our hearts, isn't it? As Jamie Smith sings in her song here, to give the world a taste of the love of Jesus. Here she is with Salt and Light. We'll be back on Lighthouse Live.
Jamie Smith on Lighthouse Live with Salt and Light. Don't you love that? that great stuff. Pastor Mike and Elaine and our prayer intercessor, Al, along with our series dignitaries. We have the mayor, the chief, and our main man, Enrique, with us uh, this week. And, and uh, the new partnership formed in series. And we are so excited about that. And you can read more about that on our website. The ABC website is at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. We encourage you to check that out daily as it is updated daily. Just click on to the little daily update flashing gizmo a there. Flashing and gizmo. gizmo. And, so, uh, technical and talk scroll there. down and you can see all of the needs that uh, that are indeed uh, needing to be met. Opportunities for you, dear friends, to uh, love your neighbors as you love yourself. And I, I love that, that song that we just listened to, Salt and Light. It reminds me of the, the verse in, in Matthew where we are commanded to be salt and light. You know, and the thing is that we can't be salt if we don't get out of the salt shaker. Mm, you know, and we can't, we can't be light if we don't open up the shutters. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, the, the world's not going to come to us. You know, as, as believers, we are mandated to get outside the fall, four walls of our homes and our churches. And that takes some sacrifice. I know it does. You know, it's not, I mean, you work uh, 8, 12, you know, 16 hours a day, sure. whatever it might be. And those bless those road warriors who are out there on 580 and, you know, going through the Altamont and going clear to the Bay Area. I know you're tired when you get home. But, mm-hmm. you know, our, our mandate is to get out and be salt and light. And it really does take discipline to to intentionally proactively get outside our four walls and begin to make connections in the community and i think one of the great ways to do that is to partner with local government and uh you know that's one of the great ways uh men to find out where the needs are i mean you know i don't i don't live in series okay and and our office is here in modesto and it would be kind of arrogant for me to come down and say to series volunteers, here's what we're going to do, because this is what I think the problems are. Right. You know, we need to come to you and say, 
you know, hey, Chief DeWork, and hey, Enrique, and hey, hey, Mayor Canella, you know, where are the problems uh, as you see them, and where would you like your citizens to begin working? And that's where we begin. And, friends, I just encourage you to uh, to take that tack. And, and speaking of such things, uh, and Mayor, maybe we start with you. Where are some of the areas that uh, you think, especially the faith-based community, could assist local government in, in making series uh, an even healthier city? Well, there's a lot of areas that uh, citizens can be involved in local government. You know, gra- graffiti abatement, I th- as you mentioned, that's going to be the first task. That's that's a significant uh, problem in our city, uh, all cities actually. And yeah, so, anything right. we can do to mitigate that, that will be great. But I think even simpler than that is just getting to know your neighbors, mm. going outside the door, talking to your neighbors. If yes. you see somebody in need. You know, talk to them, care about them, love them, and and try to help them. If you've got a senior citizen that lives in your block, check on them. It's hot outside. Is your air conditioner working? Do they have enough to drink? Are they doing okay? Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a neighbor that's been injured and they can't mow their lawns, mow their lawn for them. These are just basic things in a society that we probably used to do all the time, and now because of you know everybody's so busy and we've got so many things that we're doing, we just don't put an emphasis on that anymore. I think. In order to have a city that we all want to be a part of, those are the simple things that we have to do. Now, there's obviously deeper needs in our community. Um, there's people that are hurting uh, in a ways that I will never understand. And, and that, they require a higher level of care. And, and you know, those are things where advanced environment communities can help. But also there's other institutions that, that help those people. Right. And really my motto in the city is if someone calls me in need, I call the chief and I call Enrique <laughs> because they are my conduit in, in, you know, how to get things done because they are dialed into the community. I'm dialed in as well, but they're really dialed into the grassroots of, of how to get things done. So uh, with that, I'll ask Enrique. Enrique, where do you see needs? Yeah, and, and Enrique, also, as you answer that question, you're out there, mm-hmm. you know, you have your finger on the pulse of the community and also talk about the perceptions of the faith community out there and and maybe what we need to know on the on the faith-based side about reconnecting with some of the most basic needs in the in the neighborhoods well i go to as many community-based organizations meetings and advisory committees uh as i can and and a couple of recent ones i got to meet a couple of uh, pastors from some of our local churches and series Mm. and they've called me and they're ready awesome and i think what the approach I would like us to consider is when we have our meeting and our training session and then finally our graffiti abatement, after we're done, before we adjourn, is listen to some of the volunteers mm. because they may know something that we don't know. Yeah. And that's usually the most successful route to go. Uh, we'll prioritize them and then focus on them as a group. Mm. And that, mm. seems, that seems to work. Good. Getting that dialogue going is exactly. so important. And also having some thick skin. I mean, you know, it's not easy to take criticism. And, and Chief, I know that you probably went through a, a lot of that where you just had to take a deep breath and let it out and say, you know, I, I need to hear what's beneath, you know, what's being said. A lot a lot to that, isn't there? Yeah, but what, the biggest trick was to differentiate what the media was reporting uh, versus what the community was really feeling yes. and the only way i could get that information was to get out there and mix it up with with folks mm. whether it was at the post office or at a store 
walking into somebody's home on their invitation. You know, those are the, that's where I really started seeing that we had a very cohesive community. There was a lot of resentment towards the way the communities picture was being painted by the media hmm. and some any number of people started stepping up to the plate and actually enrique was one of those people he mm-hmm. offered his services back in right in january mm-hmm. of 05 mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. and it was like a few weeks later i said enrique i need some help he was one of about 18 rock solid core type volunteers mm-hmm. who availed themselves and didn't care what it did to their own personal lives he's but, a good um, man i'd like to point out that with respect to the question you asked about well where are those needs and you're so right the the police and the firefighters have so much insight on where the where the households are where people are just are hurting they're down and out and the three areas that we see the most need number one are single mothers who are very young uh, oftentimes those folks are being abused by m- men who come in and out of their lives they're 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 looking for a way to stabilize their uh, their families and they wind up with the wrong people and they be- get beat up uh, unmercifully uh, they wind up in the hospital they're uh, oftentimes they're lured into using drugs and so on and they just don't have an idea of what kind of help is really out there. Mm. And we see a lot of problems with teen pregnancies. Those are families that are getting off definitely to the wrong, on a wrong start. And um, just generally speaking, we find ourselves at the same homes and dealing with the same people time and time again, either as victims or persons accused of some kind of misconduct. And now that we have a mechanism in place, and since we formed a, uh, an alliance with you, with uh, uh, AVC, the opportunity to start targeting and uh, making available some services to these folks. That, and I'm not talking about, you know, well, let's take you to the county and they can help you out. That's a very bureaucratic, almost... Um, it just doesn't feel to the persons who are the victims who need help like they're really being helped. They're more like a, a subject as opposed to a living being. Right. And there is, there is a, it's devoid of any spiritualism. It's just, a, right. hey, what are your issues? Let's see if we can plug you into something else. Here's a few extra dollars, whatever. It doesn't do it. People need to have their hands held. They need to be prayed over. Mm. They need to have visits. If their yard is a mess, their home is filthy, some folks need to come over and clean it up. And I think that as Enrique comes across these kinds of cases and as the officers start reporting more and more of these situations to Enrique, knowing that he has the means to address these things, we will wind up with a model that is extremely unique. And and it will have one component that no other models have, and that is that it's overseen uh, in a spiritual context mm. as opposed to just, uh, you know, here's, a, here's another government service because it's not just that. Well, and, and sometimes that, that process can be very dehumanizing, you know, and one of the things I think that the faith-based community can provide is dignity in receiving aid. Yes, exactly. You know, where you're, you're not a number 
and you know your your, your guys chief or whether on the fire side or the police side man they've got calls for service probably backed up and it's not that they don't want to spend time with people but you know what the phone's ringing and uh, there's another call for service there's another 911 call you know waiting to be addressed and so you know if, if the faith based community can come in and maybe spend some of that just listening time or quality time with people that an officer or or a firefighter may not be able to spend that may speak volumes and you know it it represents not just faith faith faith-based community but they're representing you as well you know to the person in need and that's i I think it's really a win-win for uh, for everyone absolutely friends we have more with mayor anthony canella chief art dwork and enrique perez right after this Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22, 39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the the need that they have and 
hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas, Elaine Harlan, and our guest uh, tonight, or this week, I should say, our, our dignitaries from series, the mayor, the chief, and Enrique Perez, the man who really has brought all this together. I think Enrique was our, our first contact and meeting and forming the partnership and talking about the needs in series. And, you know, as we think of our broadcast going basically all over the world, um, every community has needs. And tonight we focus on the needs in series. And, and so excited, aren't we, Pastor Mike, about the partnership coming up, the graffiti wipeout. And uh, I love what David says. I think it's in the 17th Psalm here. And, and thinking about our, our graffiti uh, wipeout coming up, Enrique, this is, uh, this is Eugene Peterson's translation in the message. He says, I call to you, God, because I'm sure of an answer. So answer. Mm. Bend your ear. Listen sharp. Paint grace graffiti on the fences. <laughs> Take in your frightened children who are running from the neighborhood bullies straight to you. I love that verse. Perfect. Don't you love that? Well, and, and I think, too, uh, Elaine, you know, the, the graffiti is symbolic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's symbolic for the people who painted it up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also symbolic for the community when it, it comes and takes it down. You know, and, and paints it over. We found, and, and I'm sure you found this too, Enrique, in the in the neighborhoods. A lot of a lot of folks who live there are afraid to take the graffiti off. Correct. Right? They're they're That's afraid of recriminations correct. from from the people who put it there. But for uh, other people, maybe from a couple blocks away or a couple neighborhoods away, uh, to come in and uh, just paint that out. That's a tremendous blessing. It sends a it sends a message to those who put the graffiti up there, but it also sends a message to the persons, uh, who, you know, whose whose fence got painted. That hey, you know what? Somebody cares about me, and uh, we see with, with the graffiti abatement an immediate physical change yes. in the neighborhood. And I, you know, we we found in in you know you can go and deliver a, a couch or some clothing to some of the single moms that you were talking about, Chief, and that's a tremendous blessing. A lot of those things are happen invisibly and they're important and they need to happen but this type of thing where it's out there and immediately there's a change that people can see that speaks volumes and it's a great way to to get things going the reason i mention that is as we're talking about uh, many of these principles they are transferable to whatever community you're in you know we're talking about series tonight but what we've talked about tonight can happen in your community as well and uh, one of the questions i'd like to ask of, of you mayor canella and chief to work is you know let's say that uh, people are uh, a thousand miles away in in their little city wherever it might be in in usa and they're thinking gee you know how to i'm a little afraid about you know, approaching the mayor or approaching the police chief or the fire chief, uh, how would you suggest that that people break the ice and uh, begin that dialogue with their local government officials? Well, uh, nobody should ever be afraid to approach their elected officials. They're 
just because you're elected to office does not make you a better person or more important. Everybody uh, is equal. And I think the best way to approach your uh, your government official, if you've got a specific issue, is just go talk to your council. If you can't get a meeting with your mayor or your city manager, go to the council meetings and during the citizens' communication or uh, you know comments from the public, get up and start stating not only what your concerns are, but start uh, talking about what you think some of the solutions are. Um, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm. People that come up and address the council on a continuous basis, they are heard, and, and things happen. And also, I would say that uh, one person can make things happen. They mm. can change things. Mm. I'm a perfect example of that. Um, I was elected to office, and I'm very tenacious in some of my beliefs, and I stick to them, and I think I was able to make a positive change. And anybody can do that. I'm not special. I have no unique skills. I just have a determination. When I set my sights on something, I will work hard to achieve it, and anybody can do that. So just because you hit a brick wall or you get uh, you don't get the answer that you want, don't give up. Continue to pursue uh, the changes that you think need to be made. And mm. I think if they're changes that are beneficial to the entire community, people will pay attention and, and things will happen. So, mm-hmm. Chief, what do you think? I think the model that was used in our instance worked really well, where um, um, we had a meeting with the city manager, the mayor. I was there. Uh, Mike was there. Um, I don't know. I think that was it. But that's really what got the discussion rolling. And then... We went, at least I went back and met with some of my staff and talked about some of the benefits. And everybody's enthusiastic about it. But I do think that you tend to get the, let's say you're in a community where the local government is less responsive than you'd like it to be. Mm. I think it's helpful to put together four or five people and ask for a, a meeting with the city manager and ask specifically to have the mayor present at that meeting. And talk about what it is that you're trying to achieve, and and uh, but be clear that you have expectations of follow through as opposed to uh, you know, just kind of leaving it in their hands, and be prepared to commit to doing whatever it takes on your own That's end right. of the mm. equation yes. mm. to implement the program. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that it's it's that tenaciousness that the mayor's talking about. If you don't succeed the first time just keep going back at it and there are multiple ways to approach something like this and if you want it to happen you can you just have to not give up and those partnerships are are so important uh enrique perez before we leave uh maybe just a word to encourage people to get out of the four walls of their homes and their churches get out in the neighborhood and, and uh just be part of the solution you're right it's it's very easy you can begin in your own neighborhood you can begin talking to your favorite neighbor. Amen. After a while, get that favorite neighbor to walk down the street with you. Mm. Not everybody's going to be ready, sure. but eventually they'll follow because they're going to enjoy the quality of their life that you're trying to maintain. Mm. Start small. Take little bites, like you said. Eventually, you'll get there. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, your, your comment, Chief, about being tenacious uh, as well as important. Um, I would add to that, though, for my brothers and sisters in uh, in church uh, leadership, come as a servant, yes. and, and and not yes. not in a phony way, but seriously, come as a servant. We're here to serve, and we want to partner with you, but we're here to help you. And uh, you know that I think that goes a long way to communicating the right principles 
that God wants us to communicate as the faith-based community. We are a servant. Christ came as a servant. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve, and we need to take that same dynamic into the community. And Mayor Canella brought something out a few moments ago about stepping out. You've got to get out of the four walls to do that service, don't you, Mayor? And, and, and what we find here at AVC, our volunteers, they come home, they're tired, they're stressed, but once they go out and bless, you've got to bless to de-stress. It makes sense, and and we hear that all the time. And so we would just uh, thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Mayor Anthony Canella and Chief Art Dork, the city of Ceres, and Enrique Perez. And thank you, dear friends at home, for listening in. We just encourage you to get involved in your community. And may God bless you as you continue to love others as you love yourselves. Until next time, goodbye.